Welcome, residents of Hawkins, and thanks for joining our very first TRN Roundtable review on the Retro Network podcast channel. I am your host tonight, Jason, and with me are two fellow mouth breathers, Stacy and Eric. How are you guys? Doing great, thanks. I'm breathing through my nose, thank you. <laughs> well, uh, if you have not read the title of the podcast or got any of that obviously we're here to talk about stranger things season three we have all just finished it this week we've uh we're only a a week from the actual release date now and we've finished all last yeah I, I finished it two nights ago <laughs> so we're here one of those many of millions that we'll get into that uh have already binge watched the whole season but uh, we yeah we're gonna talk about season three we'll give our kind of overall thoughts of you know leading up to that seasons one and two we'll just dive into the character development and the story and everything involved with season three some of the promotional stuff and we'll end with kind of our predictions or maybe once for season four or possibly I think five is what they originally had said that they were going to make. But um, some of that's still up in the air. But yeah, man, this is, oh my gosh, been anxious. There's been people at work I've been talking to that I had to like plug my ears for a couple of days. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not done yet. <laughs> Don't. And then finally yesterday, we just kind of unleashed everything, which is great. What has your experience been with like friends? Uh, you got friends that are into the show? Have they already gone through it? I've got, I mean, a mix of them. Some of them, I have a couple of friends that watched it all the night it dropped. Like literally <laughs> by noon yep. on the 4th or yeah, the 4th, they were done. Wow. And la- I, last night, I, after the final episode, I posted about the final scene with uh, L and the letter. And people were like, spoilers, spoilers, don't say anything. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a mix. People have already seen it and people who are still trying to work through it. Yeah, yeah I- I think, uh, well, we, we have some friends uh, that live in town that we watched probably uh, about half of the episodes with them, including uh, two nights ago, we made dinner and then we, we watched uh, the last two episodes. So um, that was fun. It's, it's always fun to watch it with other people and, and watch them to react to certain things. And, and then yeah. I think most of my friends online have finished it. Um, at least for, and I think a lot of them finished it before I did because I was having to scroll really quickly through Facebook because they were <laughs> saying, th- and they were trying to be sneaky and say things. But now that I've seen it and some of the things they've said, I'm like, not cool guys. Like I didn't know it was a spoiler, but it was a spoiler. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to be done with it now. Cause now I can freely, you know, scroll through Facebook without fear of something getting spoiled for me. Yeah, and it's it's weird. It's almost like there's pressure on you nowadays where you don't want to get the stuff spoiled. You have to see it as, as soon as you can. I mean, there's a couple I work with. They pretty much shut down the Friday after the 4th and were like, we're watching it today mm-hmm. <laughs> and did not leave the house. <laughs> you know, And I think they got through most of it, maybe like six episodes and finished the next day. But yeah, it's that weird kind of world we live in now where if you're not just on it and binging, then you've got to like get rid of Facebook and Twitter and right. you've got to plug your ears, you know, walking around your friends that you know are involved with the show. 
right? I mean, it's, like, it's crazy. Somebody today posted on my, or last night when I posted my update, somebody was like, don't say anything, it's spoilers. I'm like, well, then don't read my update. <laughs> I mean, you know what it's about. Don't read the update. Right. So, yeah. 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 Well, the hard thing about a show like Stranger Things, and, and we'll get more into it, but I, I love this show. It's one of my favorite shows. And so I, I want to binge it because I want to know what happens. But at the same time, I don't want it to be over. Exactly. Because who knows, you know, who knows when the next season's coming. So it, right. it's a like, very, I have very mixed emotions about that. I, I binged season two in a day and a half. And then I was like, I have to wait a year and a half now. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because you go through it so fast and then you have to sit and wait for like, I mean, yeah. it was literally what, a year and a half before it came out again? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm always the same way. I'm like, I'm going to pace myself. I'm going to watch an episode this week. And then next week, I'm just going to take my time and it never yeah. works out. It never works out. <laughs> like the next, the next to the last season of house of cards. I, I told myself I'm going to watch one, one a week and pace myself. So I don't have to wait so long. And like two days later I was done. Yeah. <laughs> and they're set up that way too. Oh, they I are. Mean, I mean, yeah. There's, cliffhangers every yeah every, like, oh, okay, every I'll just episode. watch one more and then you know and it's three yeah. o'clock in the morning and you've seen the whole series <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we are going to go get into the show uh obviously we are going to throw out spoils we're going to spoil the crap out of it so if you haven't watched it you don't want it spoiled this is your warning <laughs> shut it off and come back because we're going to spoil okay. the crap out of it Spoil the crap out of it. You can hashtag that. Spoil the crap out of it. So, so before we get into season three, just we'll start with Stacy. Give me your overall thoughts of season one and two. Uh, were you rewatching before you entered season three? And just kind of what your overall take of the show up to season three was. Um, like I said, it's it's one of my favorite shows. I I was so excited when. I first heard about it and then it came out, you know, the first season came out and we watched it and absolutely in love with this group of kids. I felt like it was a group of kids that I could have been friends with, you know, little nerd, you know, I had a, a group of, of little nerdy kids that we all loved action figures and comic books and um, dabbled a little bit in D and D, but didn't really, you know, wasn't as deep as, as Mike and, and Will and the gang, but you know, just, just the nostalgia of it and the way the story is structured, just fell in love with it with season one, fell deeper in love with it with season two. Um, I, I've watched season one at least three times. I didn't watch it before, uh, in preparation for season three, uh, but I did watch season two again, uh, in preparation for season three, as a matter of fact, finished it, I think the day before season three came out mm-hmm. um, just, just to, just to refresh myself. And um, because I don't think I had, I had watched it again. I think that was the only the second time that I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Eric? Well, I, I had plans to rewatch season one and two. I mean, I fully planned on rewatching it because there was stuff that I didn't remember, but then, you know, April and May were kind of busy months for me. And I just kind of, didn't get to watch it and so not like you were getting married or anything i mean you know i had a few things going on i don't i don't know what i was thinking so um so i but you know before we watched the first episode i went back and watched all the trailers and the recaps just to remember some stuff that happened so i planned on watching it but i just didn't get around to it but i don't think i i mean as soon as i saw the first 10 minutes i was you know 
lock back into it immediately. I love that. Yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. I, that for the opening scene in season two, when they're in the arcade and they're playing dragon's lair. Yeah. And that literally mm-hmm. was me. That was me when I was at that age, I was exactly that age. Uh, in that opening scene and that was me i went to the arcade and played that game i, I lost so much money in that game it's not even funny <laughs> so i completely identify with all those kids like playing D and i'd go to my i would go to my friends houses and play D and on friday nights and so i think that's why i i love the show so much because it is it is me exactly me mm-hmm. yeah i was kind of the same way it took me a while to start season one i had Many, many people hitting me up seemingly every day. Dude, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. And I'm like, is it scary? And they're like, yeah, but you'll still like it. So, you know, I get into it and I'm I'm watching with my headphones on and I'm jumping at all the jump scares. You know, like the very first <laughs> scene, you know, when the, the Demogorgon grabs the guy from the elevator. I'm like, Whoa! You know, and (laughs) my wife's looking at me like, what in the world are you watching? And then the more I watch and yeah, I, I never got into D and D the arcade. Yes. The bike trails and the, the, you know, the, the four kids there, I had uh, a couple neighborhood kids that we would bike all over the place. And that line, I think hop says in season one, where that's their Cadillacs or something, you know, the, the bikes. Yep. That was me. I mean, we were going everywhere on the bike. Small town. You could, my parents let me, uh, I had a, a pretty long leash. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> for I, a kid. Mm-hmm. That, so that, that totally is the same thing. Yeah. Right. And then now, so love season one and season two. This time around, when I was going back to rewatch, my oldest, he is uh, 14. And I was like, dude, come on, just watch a couple episodes, see if you can get into this with me. Because I, I basically wanted to watch it with him just to show him what it was like to be a kid in the 80s, yeah. you know, because that it, it just hits it out of the park with just the environment no, and their, everything. Their attention to detail is ridiculous. Yeah, we'll get into that, too, because yeah. there was many times I like paused and I was like, yep. drool is coming out of my mouth. You know, <laughs> watching. <laughs> But I, I said, all right, I, I was badgering the kid. I said, I'm just going to go ahead and start it. About episode three of season one, he sits down with me, and he, we were hooked. He was like, can we watch another one? Can we watch another one? Yeah. And we were up until like one o'clock that first night when he started. So he, I got to watch season three with him this time. So I got him hooked now. So it was a fun experience I didn't have before of watching it alongside of somebody. Right. But yeah, there's just... I, the story of season one and, and how they just brought everyone together for the last like couple episodes or maybe even just the last episode and how the story kind of all fit together was really impressive to me and it really spoke volumes. And then in season two, that last half an hour where they're at the snowball, I, I have yeah. like a perpetual smile. I feel like the Joker because <laughs> I, I can't stop smiling at it. It's just so awesome that just the whole environment and then every little thing that happens at the dance, you know, and the music and just, Oh my gosh, it was so good. So I had, I had pretty high expectations going into season three. And even though I, I knew they probably couldn't hit it the way I felt, at least for the story with season one and how that all came together. I, they were pretty high. I I thought they were going to, 
and just seeing the the trailers and and everything and, and where they were going with the story, I was I was pretty excited. So, Eric, we mentioned a little bit before we went on the air, but talk to me about the trailers and stuff for season three and how that. How, how was you, were you really hyped for season three? Oh my three? gosh! When, when I heard yeah. Bob, Baba O'Reilly start playing over that trailer, I mean, I was at work and I I was pumping my fists in the air watching the trailer. <laughs> I was I, mean, I was that just got me so ready to watch the whole season. I had, and I had ridiculously high expectations because mm-hmm. um, I felt I mean I, it's one of the few shows that you fall in love with all the characters because they're kids mm-hmm. and they're fighting the odds and you know yada 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 and. Um, but yeah, I was, I think I probably watched the first trailer at least a dozen times at work just because of, you know, they, they have the ability to put the right song on those things and, you know, and edit and modify it so that it fits the, you know, fits the the scenes and yeah, the Bob O'Reilly trailer was just, I was done. I didn't have to see anything else. I was, (laughs) I put a countdown on my phone for July the 4th because I couldn't, I just couldn't wait. kids anymore. I mean, what did you think? We're just going to sit in my basement all day play games for the rest of our lives? Season two was the same way, though. Both both of their trailers were were just perfect with the with the music they added to it. They they just had this ability to put the right trailer or the right music with the scenes and just get your yeah. your expectations ridiculously high. Yeah. Well, how, how did you feel, Stacy, once you started seeing trailers? Uh, trailers for season three. I I think as soon as I saw, I, I think my favorite trailer. I mean, I, I love the one with Bob O'Reilly, but the one that's kind of like a, a mock promo for the Starcourt Mall um, yes. just yes. immediately took me back to childhood and seeing like commercials for local malls. Like when we lived near Nashville, like all of the Nashville malls and all of that stuff, like it, it just I, it took me back to those days of eating, you know, eating pizza and bad Chinese, like fake Chinese food in the <laughs> sitting in the wicker chairs at the mall. I, so I had very high expectations as well. Cause I was really excited to see what they were going to do with kind of the, the shift of, mm-hmm. of Hawkins from kind of small town to now small town with the mall. Earth, America, Indiana, Hawkins, a growing patriotic community and a shining example of the American dream. Today, Hawkins is taking another step into the future with the brand new Star Court Mall. Families, friends, and of course, teenagers can come together to shop, hang out, dine, and enjoy. With retail options for every member of the family. 
including The Gap, Walden Books, and Sam Goody. Starcourt Mall has it all. And don't forget, a state-of-the-art food court is just an escalator right away, featuring America's favorite place to cool down, Scoops Ahoy Ice Cream Shop. Ahoy. 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 Starcourt Mall is one of the finest shopping facilities in America and beyond. So come on down. And remember, Starcourt Mall has it all. Starcourt is an all-American subsidiary of Starcourt Industries and International Enterprise. The uh, like mock commercial and then the one for New Coke were were great. Mm-hmm. And once I saw that the mall was there, I was like, please have a KB Toys. Please have them walk into a KB <laughs> Toys. That that fantasy never happened, but I was still I was still hyped. And then I got to see, I think I saw the the clip of of Billy walking, you know, through the swimming pool area to the cars, you know. That was on YouTube before I watched the actual season i was like oh my god you talk about the perfect song and perfect like throwback you know oh wow i was like man please i'm I'm so ready to start watching She's coming down. And showtime. my watch. I gotta warn you again and you're banned for life. You wanna be banned for life? Didn't think so. Afternoon, ladies. Afternoon, Billy. Take the new suit, Mrs. Wheeler. Thank you. Right from you know the opening scene, they just nailed it with the music. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. So, season three, here's the, kind of the reception so far. Netflix is saying within the first four days of its release, forty point seven million accounts had at least seen seventy percent of one episode, which was a record for Netflix. And then eighteen point two million. This is after four days had seen the entire series. That's crazy. That's that is, ridiculous. <laughs> you 18.2 million people. Holy cow. You have no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's 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 breaking that net, well Netflix doesn't actually, you know, give us their ratings or release right. a lot of this stuff. They just kind of will throw stuff at us like this, which it's still 
crazy to think about. Yeah, those are but, some crazy numbers. So here we are. We'll just give a quick like overall impression. We're all kind of fresh off finishing up the last episode. So, uh, Stacy, why don't you go first and just give me your like overall impression of season three and how it fit in. Um, you know, I, I loved it. I thought it, I thought it fit in really well with the first two seasons. Um, it, it took all of the characters that I loved and made me love them even more, you know, and everything I felt like, um, you know, and I, maybe this will fall apart after if I watch it again, but <laughs> everything felt like all of the characters had something to do. There wasn't anybody that I felt like, wow, you didn't really hear a lot from this person or this person didn't really have a storyline. Like it really felt to me like they they looked at all of the characters and said, all right, we want to make sure that everybody has a, a good arc and something to do. And, you know, as as somebody who looks at how uh, how female characters are represented in TV shows, I felt like they did a really good job of taking the the female characters and elevating them this season to really everybody had had a good a good mm-hmm. story and something to do. Uh, Eric, what was your overall thoughts now having watched the whole season? Um, well, I, I I mean I thought it was I thought they they did an excellent job. I you know I was a little worried that. Those kids are getting older and older. I mean, by the time they <laughs> film the season five, they're going to have grandkids. It's, yeah. It's just the <laughs> nature of how long it takes to make those series. But um, I think they did a good job of keeping them young, but letting them be, you know, they're all older anyway. So letting them be older, but keeping them young. Um, but I thought they did a, a terrific job. I'm you know, I'm the same way as Stacy. I fell in love with all those kids in the first season and, you know, even more in the second season. So, you know, it was good to see them add a couple of people mm-hmm. uh, that really gelled well with the rest of the, of the cast and really took their, you know, took their character someplace instead of just being, you know, saddlebag or whatever. So um, I was thoroughly impressed. I, when it was over, I just kind of stare, I just turned my head real slow and stared at my wife. I couldn't, I was just, <laughs> I mean, I was the, the, the last episode, the end of the last episode wrecked me. So I was already in a bit of shock. And so yeah. it was, I thought that, but I thought mm-hmm. they did a great job. Yeah, it was, I had a, a few little things here and there. Um, there's still some great, great moments that we'll get into. I was a little worried that we're expanding too much outside of, like you were saying, outside of that small town. Once we start getting the Russians, I mean, that was pretty, <laughs> and then, you know, the, obviously either, Russians or Nazis, you're you're hitting a home run with the bad yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. So, and obviously with the '80s, you got to have the Russians. But I was just worried that we we're going to get too big, and and now even, you know, coming off the last episode, I'm like, wow, how are they going to keep it small town mm-hmm. '80s with it? Now, you know, L and Mike and Joyce leaving, and you got uh, Demogorgons on the other side of the world. You know, how, how are they going to keep this all together? But, um, yeah, I, like I said, there was a few little things I have with, with some of the characters. But overall, it was just a fun ride. It was a fun ride. And let's just kind of get into the new cast. Because we talked about there's some, some great characters. We had uh, Carrie Elways, who played the um, the mayor. We had Jake Busey in there at the... 
the Hawkins newspaper and then Maya Hawk, which I think everybody now knows, you know, she was robbing a lot of uh, that whole, uh, you know, story side story with Steve. Right. And, uh, gosh, I feel bad for Steve, but what, what was your, uh, what, what was your, uh, what was your impressions of kind of how the, the new cast came together and even a little bit of the old cast? Cause we did get some flashbacks, uh, Eric. Um, well, I love Carrie always. I mean, since Princess Bride, but um, it took me till I think maybe the second to last episode to realize that was Jake Busey. It didn't even it didn't even oh, register. Really? Okay. Yeah, it didn't even register with me that that was Jake Busey. But I thought they did. I thought they both did a great job. I thought you know he was you know his normal a hole self, and so right. you know it's not hard to hate that guy. Yeah, I think right. he's a jerk. <laughs> Uh, Rob the same in every movie. Yeah, every show he <laughs> plays an a hole. You know, it's just yeah. So, uh, I love Robin's character. I thought she was. I thought she was a perfect addition to. I I'd really like to see a spinoff with him, her, and uh, uh, yeah, what's at the name? at the video uh, store. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to see just a, just a, <laughs> you know, a little spinoff of that. But yeah, I thought all the new and the new additions were great. And the addition of. Uh, what's the little girl's name? Erica. Uh, Erica. Oh, Erica. Yeah, Lucas' you know, sister. I barely remembered her from season two. Uh, so they really, I think they played her well. They played her character up well. Yeah. What about you, Stacy? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you on Jake Busey. I'm never, I'm never a fan of him in anything that he does, and I mean. <laughs> I I just he he's so good at playing somebody that like you said that I want to hate and I was so glad to see him <laughs> meet his demise and I feel bad about that but uh no I don't I don't feel bad about it at all he was a jerk he deserved it he deserved everything he got um and you know I thought I thought Carrie always did a really good job of playing that classic like 80s movies bucket politician yeah. like he was so good at it um and of course i mean the breakout is is my hawk who is a spitting image of both of her parents somehow which is kind of amazing but i didn't know until about halfway through um i was reading an article about you know things you didn't know about stranger things season three and one of them was you know she's uma thurman and ethan hawk's daughter and then i couldn't and then once you see it and once you you hear Yeah. yeah, once you hear her voice, it's like yeah. you close your eyes and it's, oh, it's Uma Thurman. So, yeah, um, yeah I she did a fantastic job. I love Robin. She was the best addition to the cast, in in my opinion. Um, and, and the fact that they they took her and, you know, she was a foil for Steve. She was kind of the, you know, the, the banter between them was really good. Mm-hmm. And then for her to have her story kind of end up, um, you know, that scene in the bathroom and, you know, her, her coming out as, you know, uh, as, as a lesbian or I'm assuming she's a lesbian, but, you know, saying that she wanted the, the girl that was looking at yeah. Steve to look at her that way. Um, you know, I, it was beautiful. It was, it was absolutely a, a wonderful part of the the story yeah when that happened we we paused it and looked at each other and we're like what <laughs> that was <laughs> such a good twist <laughs> yeah yeah it, it really was yeah i liked uh i liked how they just added her and uh, gosh 
Steve takes a beating. He's taken a beating like every season. And, yeah. you know, it's awesome when he finally <laughs> beats up that Russian and Dustin's like, hey, you want to fight? <laughs> you know, so he finally gets his little victory there. And then he just pours his heart out to her in the bathroom there. And I was like, oh, my God, Steve, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> but, yeah, it was um, I had watched the first two episodes and then I saw a, a tweet or a post on Instagram or something from Ethan Hawke and talking about her. I was like, oh, that's that's his daughter. And then I the the minute that I the, the like the first scene in the third episode, she does this little like move with her head and looks up or something. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Uma Thurman. Mm-hmm. I mean, spitting image. So yeah. yeah, and now you can't not see it. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird when you finally make those. I made the the Ethan Hawke connection, but it didn't even dawn on me that her mother was Uma until (laughs) I think another two episodes later. But yeah, she was just, I think she just fit in like, yeah, like a puzzle piece. I mean, just perfect. And like you said, Stacy, going back and forth with Steve in the, uh, (laughs) at the uh, Scoops Ahoy there, you know, with all the kids coming. The uh, the kids coming up and uh, just uh, in his little interaction with Dustin a couple of times. How many kids do you know? You know, it's <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect. How many children do you have? How many children are you friends with? Yeah, that's what it is. Right, yeah, right. That's what it was. Yeah, that was that was great. He just had well, this look on his face like uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of thoughts on the story and how they worked in the Russians. Uh, I don't know if we ever got a reason or, or how they discovered the upside down, but you know, we're kind of thrown into this, Hey, there's more people that know besides Paul Reiser that there's an upside down world and yeah. you know, how they kind of fit into the story with the mayor and building star Court and, and all that. How do you think that went down with the story and it kind of expanding that, that upside down universe. I kind of like, like the fact that we don't know how they found out. I think because, you know, mm-hmm. the first scene is just, they're just down there trying to open up the, the portal again. And there's no explanation to why they know or how they know. They just, you know, it's just all of a sudden it, there's Russians doing it. I, I, I kind of like that part. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's again, going back to the, it's, it's a classic eighties cold war kind of story but at the same time I sort of assumed that Hawkins Indiana wasn't the only place that this was happening and (laughs) certainly if anybody was going to know about it in the 80s it was going to be the Russians right (laughs) so so it it, yeah it didn't seem it didn't seem far-fetched to me at all um that that it would be you know that we would get a little bit of a red dawn by way of aliens kind of story (laughs) (laughs) There's so many references in this. It's it's nuts, but yeah, I was reading. I haven't uh, watched. Do they do they have like the after show on Netflix, like they did for season two? I didn't see it. Did, I don't okay. think they did so. it this year. Okay. No, I was um, hoping they would, but I, I don't think so. Yeah. So I've been I've been reading now that I've finished the series and saw that they were kind of using broad strokes is what they were calling it, where. At the end of season two, they knew there was going to be Russians involved, and they knew like the Billy 
kind of story arc, but that was it. They didn't even have the the vision of the Star Court or anything in mind for season three. So I thought that was interesting that they, in a broad sense, they wanted to bring in the Russians, that classic 80s villain, and yet it, it seemed almost flawless the way that they pulled it in. It didn't seem forced, in other words. And, uh, you know, I, that's what I was kind of worried about once they started introducing them and they, you know, they found the, uh, they were out spying on them to get into the, the mall there at that one point. And I'm like, this is, I hope this is going to fit, you know, well, and I, th- I think it did. I think they did a good job weaving that in. But again, I'm, I'm still kind of reserved. I, I was naive in thinking that Hawkins was the only gate, you know, in the world. <laughs> and I wanted to keep it that way. But now, you know, we're outside of that. I can't do anything about it. But that's just the kind of, I guess, my personal preference. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned about the kids. And I that took a, a little bit, probably a couple episodes to get over the fact that they look like they're 25 years old. Yeah. Um, especially Mike. Mike is the one that just... Well, they do it. Yeah, they do a flashback in one of the episodes. Or, right. Yeah. And he's he looks like he's an infant yeah, in right. season one. Yeah. I mean, he just looks tiny. See, it right. was Will. It was Will for me. Like, they show that flashback of Will, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Will looks like he's 19 oh, that's the, years yeah, old. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. 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 That was, um, that was kind of rough. But I, I did like the way that they... It's funny. It's it. I, I'm watching season three, and I'm like, when are these kids just going to keep together? Because, <laughs> because you know, Dustin's <laughs> off doing this thing, and they get separated. And my God, you've been to, through like two traumas here, and you got to start believing Will, and Will's got to start trusting other people. That when you know he starts getting this feeling, and he's still keeping it kind of inside, you know, and then he finally releases it, but. That just kind of got to me a little bit too. I was like, these guys should be trusting each other a little more. And I know time exactly. over over time, you know, you're gonna kind of let those tight knit grips loose and kind of forget what happened. But at the same time, I was like, man, he should be he should be trusting a lot more people, and they should believe when magnets don't stick anymore. And <laughs> you know, when something's screwy going on in this town, there's something going on. You know, you, you got to think start they believing. believe it, yeah, right. Yeah. So I had a little time getting over that. But what did you guys think about the kids mainly and how they they kept those stories going and and how they interacted with each other? You know, we've got Ellen, Mike, we've got Max and Lucas, and then Dustin and Will were kind of doing their own thing, you know, away from them as they're growing up and as they're Boyfriend, yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> you know, I thought because um, you know, of course, you know, every, I think everybody assumed they were gonna they were gonna get older, but I think they did a good job of. Uh, the one part I had a problem with was how they tried to make Will seem younger than he really was. Mm-hmm. I mean, like especially like with the D and D stuff and telling his mom. Yeah, when he goes the, back to Will the Wise. Yeah. Yeah. And telling his mom that he wasn't going to fall in love. I thought they kind of stretched it there a little bit, trying to make him look younger when they're obviously all like, you know, 24 and 25 years old. (laughs) But, uh, you know, for the most part, I think they did it. You know, I think they did a good job splitting them up because it happens. I mean, you know, when I, I remember when I hit junior high, like almost overnight, my friend group changed just because, you know, we were 
thrown in with other kids that we didn't know before. And so, you know, the fact that Dustin was away on on his own and, you know, and, and, uh, and Mike and L were on their own, so to speak. So I thought they did a good job of showing them growing up, like, you know, slowly growing up. Will the wise, I didn't have too much of a trouble with him, but because I was like, okay, we all went through that phase of we want to hang on to our childhood. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I was I kind of felt for him there and and nobody was having it, you know. <laughs> right. They're yeah. ready to grow up. Well, you think about all he's been through. I think he's owed a, an extra year or so to decide he wants, you know, <laughs> to to grow up and do the things his friends are doing. But um he gets you know, a pass. And, yeah, well yeah. and and I I can sympathize a little bit too, because I remember being in middle school and still being super into comics and stuff and one of my female friends telling me that, you know, it was girls weren't into comics and it wasn't cool and I just remember sadly shoving them under my bed, but bringing them out and, re- you know, pulling the box out from under my bed and reading them still, but not really being super open about it, like being a closet mm-hmm. geek. Um, so, so yeah, I, I could relate to that, but I, you know, the, the one dynamic that you didn't mention that I super loved was uh, Ellen Max. Like I loved how, oh, yeah. I loved so much how they capture when you make a friend when you're that age like i i really can relate to that but the the one i think my favorite moment in the whole thing uh, that wasn't a super you know it wasn't an action thing it didn't really drive the story forward was just that moment of the sleepover and <laughs> l being curious about comics and and max kind of teaching her about wonder woman i I yeah. could have put myself in that scene and, and been Max <laughs> talking to people about Wonder Woman. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, that that was that was one of the moments. There were a few moments throughout the series that, that brought tears to my eyes. And that was one of them because I I just put myself back in in, you know, the the early teenage years yeah, of, yeah. of still loving comics and those things. And yeah. it was just a it was a beautiful vignette of of friendships like i that's i just a, i loved it so much that's another spinoff show i wouldn't mind seeing it's just max and l i mean oh you know. yeah yeah totally yeah, that'd be, that oh would be my awesome. gosh. the loudest laugh i think because me, me and the boy both did this i think we woke some people up i dump your ass yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> my gosh we laughed so hard at that <laughs> and just the way she said it and walks away and mike's face and you're like, oh yes, that was great. Yeah, that was so that's great. A, that's that's one of my favorite parts of the show is just watching her. You know, she doesn't know anything. She's, <laughs> right. you know, she's, it's yeah. like it's for lack of a better, you know, she's like an infant. She doesn't know anything. They have to. They're teaching right. her stuff all the time, and just watching her learn it, and then and then you turn around and use it. That's one of yeah. the funniest parts of the show. That was great. Yeah. I think that's one of the beautiful things that is. Um, carried from season two and to into season three is just the L learning to be a person instead of being a a tool. You know, she's yeah. she's learning to be to to be a person. And you know, the moments with her and Hopper in season two and in season three of you know yeah. him struggling to try to be a father to this creature that he doesn't really you know he he knows he loves her um but he's trying to teach her how to be a good person and 
you know, that carries through. And, and then the way that her friend group really surrounds her and supports her. Um, it's, it's a beautiful dynamic for and sure. Her, her wardrobe choice needs like a standing ovation. Oh, oh my gosh. I loved all the outfits. My wife, a couple of times she'll peek her head in when she was watching some of it. And she's like, what in the world is she wearing? <laughs> was like I meant I straight out of every, the gap. Look. Yep, I remember every single one of those outfits. I mean, that 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 was the gap. I mean, that was exa- they got that perfectly. Yeah. That was great. Now, a couple of people we haven't talked about is Nancy and Jonathan. How do you think they did with Nancy and Jonathan this season? I liked what they did with them. I I think it was a it was a good uh, I think it was a good representation of that carryover relationship that you carry out of the end of high school and, and trying to, I mean, it's not the experience necessarily I had, but watching people that I knew trying to navigate adulthood and, and be, you know, mm-hmm. trying to be an adult at 18, 19 years old. Um, and, you know, it, it was definitely cute um you know a lot of times they had some very cute moments but at the same time they had some real moments too like that fight they had in the car where she didn't feel like he was supporting her and yeah he didn't feel like she you know he felt like she threw their jobs away and that she was very privileged and you know I, it was a I, I thought they i thought they handled it really well yeah, jonathan, I was, see. jonathan has never been one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. but uh I've, i mean nancy i think that's a great character just because of the time, you know, you know the whole the whole Busey thing just kind of highlighted how how reality was then. I mean, I, to be honest, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it was a good play, but uh, yeah, I've just never been a fan of Jonathan. He's always been, I've always been, yeah, I can take him or leave him. I liked him in season one, and it, I, I think he's kind of spiraled down a little bit for me too. Just the way that they've, I don't know, I felt like he's painted into that character too much now and we don't get to see him he wants to settle down or he wants to he wants the normalcy of it and i get it but still he's kind of in that rut it seems like and he doesn't come out of that rut either way as a character yeah i mean uh the spinoff i want to see is nancy though nancy the reporter uh like I want to see like a, that, yeah. I want to see like a crossing Nancy or Nancy CIS or something, you know, <laughs> uh, NCIS. Yeah. Nancy. No. Um, <laughs> I just think she's, I, she had a nose for the story and just the way that she doesn't let down the way that she carries herself with a shotgun. I, I mean, know it's awesome. She's both, awesome. Both of the I love guns her that she wielded. She knew exactly what she was doing. There's a backstory there. We're not getting. Because she knew how to wield both that (laughs) rifle and that pistol. like It was like second nature to her. I want to know how she knows how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that a lot. The the scenes that creeped me out the most were with the old lady. And then when she's eating the fertilizer. And then they did go a little bit. I I remember seeing a a tweet or something from from one of the kids. I can't remember which one. It might have been Mike. Wolfnard, what's his name? <laughs> Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> Wolfnard. I, want, I always want to call him Wolfnard. <laughs> he said about how much they're, you know, kind of taking a turn towards the gore and the the horror. And, you know, there was a lot of that. And we're, it was more like, ew, kind of nastiness, you know, with the rats blowing up and the people that, that turned to 
goop, you know, at the end and, and get with the mind flare. But those were the kind of the weird scenes, but it was, I thought they did that well with Nancy and Jonathan kind of snooping around and snooping around the hospital and building that up. And I do remember Jackson, my boy telling me at one time, uh, you know, some of those scenes at the newspaper were, you know, the, the uh, table of a-holes there just treating her like crap, <laughs> total dirt. And he's like, did people really, you know, act like that back? Then? I was like, yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. It was, it's, it's, it was ruthless back then. And they, the women, they just treated like didn't exist. They were just meant to serve them. And, you know, it's, it gives us at least a little bit of uh, hindsight into what it was like and how far, you know, women have come in the workplace it was total like just secretaries and even, you know, beyond that, if you've ever watched like Mad Men and all that and how they are depicted in that series as well. But yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, getting that right, even though it's not right, you know, was, <laughs> was very interesting to, you know, how they played that in the show. Uh, well, we talked a little bit about Steve and Robin uh, before and, and they're, kind of back and forth and how they developed uh, them. Any more you guys want to add about both of them? I guess Steve more now that we talked about Robin some. I love Steve. Yeah, I, I love Steve. I absolutely love Steve. I I loved him in season one. I thought he was a cool character, but season two, you know, with just being a really good babysitter and all of that, like you, you get to see, um, and if you've seen any interviews with Joe Keery, he's really funny. And and I think that has come out in season two and season three even more. Um, you know, he's he's very he has great comic timing. He makes some really funny faces <laughs> just reacting to things in the background. I can't say enough about how much I love him interacting with Dustin. <laughs> yeah. They're they're so cute. Um, his, but yeah, but his I, best I'm a scene huge ever fan. Is... His best scene ever is in season two when he's teaching Dustin about his hair care. Yeah. 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 All the things he does and and all that. That's, that was the funniest thing. Yeah. And Dustin showing up at the snowball with that crazy hair. I mean, that was. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> oh, magical. Gosh. It was oh great. <laughs> awesome television right there. Yeah. Steve, Steve's one of my favorites too. And, like I said, I just feel bad for him because in in some of the kids, I'll get the vibe of all right, they're they're doing a little too much with the acting. I don't. I think for the most part, they've they've done really well. I get none of that with Steve. Like you said, he is just on all the time. It seems like in every episode that he's in, and just the interaction with Robin and and even the kids in this season, I thought was. Even more than so than season two, I, I enjoyed Steve in, in, in number three. Now, let's talk a little bit about Billy um, and how they kind of 180. Well, I don't know. He was already a butthole, but it, <laughs> they really, you know, made him the villain, you know, in this season. And but at the same time, wow, how they brought him back around at the end when L kind of visits his world and his uh, mind, you know, mm-hmm. and how she basically gives him the 180 right at the, uh, at the last episode there and turn him back around against the mind flare. 
I don't know. It just was an amazing journey for me watching Billy and even, <laughs> you know, went through the whole thing with Mrs. Wheeler at the beginning. And you're not know <laughs> you're not knowing what's what's going to happen there. But that was season two, Billy. You know, and those episodes, and then how they just kind of developed him from there, yeah, and, and got him out of that. But what what did y'all think about how they they used Billy? You know, I I thought I'm glad that I rewatched season two before I watched season three because I really saw what a good job they did last season of not only establishing Billy as kind of a kind of a bad guy, but kind of not a bad guy. Kind of, kind of a victim of circumstance. Right. Um, you know, we see in season two that his dad is abusive, and you start to understand, not excuse, but understand, oh, that's why Billy is the way he is. And the fact that they took that and they, they used it to make him vulnerable and make him be the, the vehicle for the mind flayer, um, it was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and and that that last little interaction between him and L and and L being in his head and and all of that. I mean, it was it was it was masterfully crafted. What do you say about Billy there, Eric? He, I mean, even though he was the quote unquote bad guy in season two, you know, I thought he was I thought he was the coolest. I mean. From the from the very first scene when he steps out of the car and they're playing Rocky like a hurricane, <laughs> I mean he's just a badass. And mm-hmm. um, I thought they, I mean it wasn't too surprising that they did that with him. I don't think, but uh, I thought he I thought he played it well, and I thought that uh, turning around at the end and you know re- kind of quote unquote redeeming himself from you know when he tells when he tells Max I'm sorry. Um, I thought that was. I thought it was. I thought they did a good job with them. I wish. I wish we'd had uh, more of uh, him fighting back after you know after L helps him. But you know, I I think they did a good job with what they did. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we waited long enough. Let's talk about Hopper, and Joyce. <laughs> um, pretty wow. It it was really a roller coaster that final episode. But I, as soon as he made the date with Joyce, I was like, they're gonna kill him off. Yep. Yeah, I, I knew it then. I was like, that's it's not gonna happen. They're gonna they're gonna they're messing with our minds. And you know, we all kind of at least I did. I saw him walking in. and I was like, don't go near the machine. And she started yep. to turn the key. No, please don't kill Hop. Yeah. Um, the other scene in, in the hall of season three, that was like my favorite is after the, you know, the throwdown with Mike in the truck and he is just blaring that Jim's that, uh, don't, <laughs> don't mess, don't around, mess with around with Jim. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. He's just wailing on that, hitting the steering wheel and just Going through the whole lyrics, that that whole scene, I had the hugest smile. I, I enjoyed that so much. Yeah. That was totally him. But, and this is just me, I thought a lot of his character was out of the norm. Just the whole, I understand it's Joyce, and she's just total bat, you know what, crazy. Right. And she could probably drive anybody crazy to, you know, bicker back and forth the whole time, but... 
I don't know. I liked Hop more uh, more rugged, I guess. I don't think we got the, the ruggedness of like season one or even season two. I, I, not so much in season two, but, um, you know, the... I I did like the little Magnum PI flare and oh my gosh, watching that uh whoever did that little <laughs> theme oh, song Hopper PI, yeah, Hopper PI. Oh, my oh my gosh. That was brilliant. Oh, so but good. um I don't know. I I Hopper kind of took a uh turn for the worse for me, I guess you'll say in this one. Uh, there was great scenes, but I I don't know. I don't like the way that they well, I, I didn't somebody, like his story so much. Somebody, I think it might have been Mashable this week, said something about, we need to talk about Hopper's rage problem. And I retweeted it and I said, he's got a preteen girl. If you've ever been there, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, yeah. I think they did a good job of show. I mean, I, I again, I liked him in the first season when he was, you know, the rugged, you know, the guy who, you know, Slip on the couch and got up and just put a shirt on. They fell on the floor and you know yeah. brushed his teeth with the beer and and the nasty toothbrush. Yeah. I like the rugged Hopper, but I think they did a good job of showing he now lives with you know a girl. Like for lack of a better term, his, uh, his daughter, and it how it changed him and softened him, and at the same time drove him you know you know what crazy <laughs> because. He went from, you know, being that loner and that guy that was on his own to living with uh, his daughter. I thought they did a great job of it. I mean, I think he was, uh, I think it was, a, I think it was a great maturation of his character. Yeah. Well, and I, I think back to how my dad was when I was that age. That that that's about right. That yeah. that's pretty. That's yep. pretty accurate. No, yep. um, no I, I thought back to yeah. when my daughter was that age. I was like, yep, I can understand the rage. Yeah, okay. well, surely can. See, I'm not you, there yet, so that's probably my my problem. You know, yeah. my oh, daughter's yeah. only five, so yeah, I've see, got my daughter's my daughter's yeah. 22. So you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. let's let's revisit this topic in about nine years. Yeah. And see, yeah. <laughs> see yeah. how you feel. I'll about be it. like, yeah, total spot Jason, on. Yeah, let's talk about Jason's rage problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but I want to go back to Joyce though because I don't think Joyce is crazy. I think Joyce. People thought Joyce was crazy in season one because of how fiercely she fought for Will and buying the Christmas lights and all of that. I think for somebody who's gone through all that she's gone through with Will, I mean, and, and especially like the the growth of Joyce from to me from season one to season two, is still a, a mom fiercely devoted to fighting for her kids no matter what, but the strength that she has, um, you know, in Hopper's cabin when they're, everything's really hot and Jonathan's crying his eyes out and Joyce is standing there screaming at will and yeah. all of that. And, and then in season three, you know, I, I think she's quirky certainly. Um, but I think Winona Ryder is a little bit, you know, she's infusing a little bit right. of kind of her personality into it. Um, but I never, I've never read Joyce as crazy so much as just a, a mom that will will believe the impossible if she thinks that's what will you know will get her her son back and and yeah. those things and and, well, and yeah. her running around with hopper this season i mean okay maybe it was a little 
it was a little silly when, uh, you know, she was screaming at the, uh, what I'm assuming is the Pentagon <laughs> and, you know, being, <laughs> yeah, being, Will, being, top, being Will Barrow and, you know, but, but again, like that, there was a lot going on and she had, uh, you know, there was not only having to deal with Murray Bauman, um, but also uh, a Russian and then, you know, Hopper being Hopper and all of the not to mention all of the sexual tension between those two yeah. um, that we've established over the last three seasons. But uh, yeah, I, I've never read Joyce is crazy, but yeah, she's certainly quirky and she's definitely a fun character um, and somebody that that I, I super enjoy watching. Yeah, maybe you know, crazy remember... is the wrong the wrong term, but she just totally. She's got no filter, no, um, and just thinking about it now, you know, in season two, she had, uh, super Bob, you know, super Bob to, to kind of ground her a little bit more. And then now that he's gone, she's just back over the top. She's, you know, like you said, uh, screaming into the phones and she's, uh, kicking mayors in the crotch and she's (laughs) just unleashing you know which you know, I, I don't know i guess maybe going back through and watching it again we'll 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 kind of make the timeline a little bit better and and seeing how she's developed but just over the first watch i just there's a couple scenes i'm like wow this is too over the top for me <laughs> i think she's so. i feel like she's earned every bit of rage that she has inside her from uh from all of the stuff she's been through with will and and then you know losing losing bob and, you know, now she's started to build this relationship with Hopper. And now for all she knows, he got obliterated by the machine. Of course, we know. Mm-hmm. I think we know a little bit differently. But I'm, I'm looking forward to <laughs> to seeing what happens in the next season. Um, I know we're going to talk about that later. So I'll not say anything now <laughs> about, okay. about something I want to see. Any other uh, characters we want to talk about? You mentioned Murray. I didn't particularly care for him last season. And maybe it was only because... He was only in maybe what two episodes or something. Yeah. It wasn't a lot. He just popped up at the police station, and then there's that whole scene with uh, Nancy and Jonathan at his place. But oh my gosh, I loved him at the carnival and just interacting with the the Russian scientist there, Alexei. Yeah. I think it was his name, Alexei. Mm-hmm. Um, and relaying the the info back and forth, you know, to Hop and him. Uh, I, I I liked his character a lot more this season. Brett Gelman does a really good job of playing characters that I mostly hate. Um, And I think this is the exception. This is the one time the way that he plays characters didn't make him the a-hole. It actually made him, you know, kind of, I, and I liked him last season too, but he he's one of those actors that he's played so many characters that I absolutely loathe. Mm-hmm. To his credit, it means he's a good actor. Right, but when right. I but yeah. when I see his face, I just want to punch it. Um, but I don't want to punch Murray. <laughs> he's the one character that I and that Brett Gelman has played that I don't want to punch. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he has a way of lowering the tension in the room. <laughs> yeah, uh, putting and people in their place. And yeah, right. Yeah, that was like perfect. And maybe that was a little bit of you know why is Hopper going back here. And of course, he's the only one that knows Russian, you know, the the conspiracy theorist that he is. Yeah. So I thought that was interwoven perfectly. Um, Let's talk a little bit now about just the aesthetics of it. The the locations, the filming locations, the Starcourt Mall, the carnival, 
the town, you know, some of the stores they were in and everything. Was there something that kind of popped out to you? We talked a little bit about the mall, Eric. Yeah, that was my hometown. When when I was, uh, I think I was 12 when they built the mall in my hometown. And mm-hmm. it was literally like that. I mean, it was literally every other store in town just kind of went by the wayside because the mall was there and it, it was full and there was everything you could think of was there and everybody was there. Yeah, it wasn't as big as Starcourt, but it was still a pretty good size for the the town I was in. So that was mm-hmm. that was perfection. They were so dead on with that. And uh, I mean, that's actually and I so I wanted to know where how they did that, and so I looked it up, and that's actually a mall in yeah. Gwinnett, Georgia. Yeah, I yeah. actually uh, our first actually I'm sorry our second apartment after we got married was right near there, and it really? is, it, it had gone downhill. I think there was a laser tag there. Um, oh, wow. I'm trying to remember what all was there, but it had like really diminished. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine, you know, Sean Robert, I think, Stacy. I do, yeah. He grew up in that mall, that exact oh, wow. mall. <laughs> oh, wow. And yeah. just watching some of his tweets and stuff go by, uh, we actually, a uh, boy on my son's school soccer team, his teammate's mom, uh, which we you know get to know the parents of the games, she actually drove up there to be an extra in the show. And she's <laughs> she actually got in, I think it's episode seven. I'm like, yep, there she is uh, with crazy. a couple kids. So there's some people I knew around here that were trying to get on the show. One of them actually did, which was cool up there uh, just uh, northeast of Atlanta. But yeah, the mall was great. The, uh, was great. the carnival. So, yeah. The, the, well, go ahead if you you want to talk about the mall a little bit more. We'll get. Oh into no, I just no. The mall was the mall was that was all I was going to say was that, that I looked it up because I wanted to know how they recreated yeah. that. And I guess it's, there was it's an old wing. It's it's one of the wings of that mall that's not being uh-huh. used anymore, and they just redid every store that you saw. And so, right. the uh, the carnival connected with me so much. First of all, how awesome was it to have a freaking fist fight? In the fun house, you know, with Hop and the, and the we didn't talk about the uh, what was his name in the show, like the the Russian the Terminator there, the Terminator, yeah. the Terminator, yeah. <laughs> we'll just call him, to have that in that. It, I, I looked at my son, and he looked back at me when we were watching. I was like, "This is this is great." <laughs> They're in the fun house, <laughs> and then the the minute I saw that Gravitron ride, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm ten yeah. years old again." Yeah, because we had every county fair or whatever was close to us had one of those, mm-hmm. and we loved the thing. You know, it was just so cool to be. It looked like a spaceship. You're you're inside the uh, the flight of the navigator there. You know, almost. <laughs> but you had that mm-hmm. feeling, and the minute I saw that ride, and then to actually film inside it, I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, was, I, 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 was I think I rode that that ride only once when I was a kid, and that was enough. I mean, it was just I, I thought I was I thought I was gonna die. <laughs> Sliding up yeah. the wall. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I that that was some of the that was some good nostalgia. Um I mean there was some good nostalgia in the mall, but there was some really good nostalgia in the carnival because I remember being in middle school and high school and going to our our county fair and there was a Gravitron. We had, uh, you know, of course, there was a Ferris wheel and all those other things. But I remember there were two rides. And the one we always rode was one called the Himalaya. Yes. Oh, my and, gosh, yes. And they and, had, like, the DJ booth in the front. Yeah. Yes. It just and, pumped the music. 
Yeah, and our DJ always played hair metal. Like it yes. was always just like welcome That's to the jungle yeah. and oh, like yeah. all oh, kinds my. of stuff. And it was it was so much fun to the point where like everybody I know that has been to that fair, like we talk about it so fondly and we talk about the DJ who's like you know, because there's a point where you're going forward and then they turn it backwards and the guy's just like, let's get ready to reverse yeah. it. Yep. And it's just, oh my God. Like, but, so when we were watching those scenes, we were like, where's the Himalaya? Like, is there a Himalaya there? We saw something that looked a little bit it, like Kind of like it, but it wasn't exactly the Himalaya. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. But yeah, such yeah. such good nostalgia in that carnival. I uh, like that was, I just kept thinking about, oh gosh, it's just like going to the Appalachian Fair. Yeah. <laughs> so much gosh, of it. Yeah. So, I grew up like an hour, a little over an hour north of Tulsa. But there, here in Tulsa, there's there used to be a uh, amusement park, a small amusement park called Bells, and we would come down here all the time and go to Bells. And all, every single one of those rides at the carnival was at Bells. And so I remember riding all of them at least once, like Gravitron. But the Himalaya, I, we were on oh nonstop. I just want to go ride it right now. We there's a the Alabama <laughs> National Fair is it comes to Montgomery each year, and I swear it's a step back in time because they had one. It wasn't called the Himalaya, but it was similar, and they had the DJ up there and everything. But there was only like three people on the thing. I was like, this is not this is not right because back in the day <laughs> there was a line, a line wrapped around the thing yeah. to get on. It was like the coolest ride, yeah. mm-hmm. and then. You're watching. I, I was trying to watch too on some of those shots. Where can, can I find a scrambler? Can I find a tilt a whirl? Can I find <laughs> some of these other you know games and stuff that we played back in the day? But that was just the way that they set that up. I was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And then even some of the little things in town. The we, we talked about the paper, but when they go into what was it? They go into the store to get supplies and to help bandage up L. And they walked down the cereal aisle. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I paused it. I, I rewound yeah. it. I paused it. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mr. T cereal. Mr. I uh, seem to yeah. said that one out loud. Nintendo. I think Nintendo, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, they was like they were all there. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I want to be on set. I want to see how they <laughs> they just, you know, somehow printed these boxes. They looked Found like they all were of like, that. Yeah. You know, you could snatch it up off the shelf and like reach your hand in and grab the cereal. It was so <laughs> cool. But again, like you said, they just hit. I mean, uh, the only other show I could say does that for me is the Goldbergs, and it's not. You know, it's not a necessarily a particular year that they film the Goldbergs, so you get a mix of everything. But I don't know everything eighty five. Even you know going to the movie theater, you're seeing Back to the Future, which was eighty five. You know, and uh, what was the what was the other movie that they initially sat down in and snuck in on? Um, crap, um, trying to think what it was now. It just left me. anyway, but it was all period stuff. I mean, it was perfect. Oh, it was uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, they yeah, yeah. Dawn, yeah. Of yes, Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, just just the whole aesthetics of the sets and everything was just spot on to me. Oh yeah, I, I mean, it's like I said, like even last season with the the arcade and yeah. and going forward, it's just all it's spot on. Let's talk a little bit about the music because wow, uh, you you punch up uh, episode one and you get right into Mike singing. Never surrendered by Corey Hart. Yeah. You know, and 
there's just so many there's just so many moments in there like i said the uh uh moving in stereo with billy you know going up to the the lifeguard chair yeah I, I don't know it just all worked <laughs> every every <laughs> single every single episode i've probably yeah. stopped and just to make sure because one of my pet peeves is using music out of time like uh-huh. it doesn't fit with the time that you're in and every single song that they've played on every episode has fit in the right in the right year back from the 80s. Yeah, that's well, like that's, the car. I mean, and when they do it, and it's not necessarily a song from 85, like with the cars, you know, which I think was that was like 79 or something. But they did it because they're at the pool, you know. Yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. get it. You yeah. get why they're playing that song and when, you know. Yeah. Well, I think it's more accurate when you do that because if you think about listening to the radio now, radio stations don't just, I mean, radio stations that play new music, they don't strictly play music from this year. They're going to play music from a few years ago, from 10 years ago, from six years ago. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that is um, something that sometimes period movies miss. Like they try to, well, we're only going to play songs that were in 1985, but they, they've done a good job of saying, you know, this, this it's within reason that this song would still be on the radio, um, you know, in, yeah. in 1985. Oh, yeah. So uh, it was, yeah, they, they do a good job. Whoever curates their soundtrack, um, they, they deserve a raise because <laughs> they always do a good job. Yeah. And even th- this time they did, there is some transition with the retro wave score and, and how they, they use that music. I seem to notice it more though when the creatures come out and the whole synth vibe and the the real powerful, you know, like keyboard strokes that you hear, you know, yeah. as the creature comes. It's a little John Carpenter, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what it is, John yeah. Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And it's just it just kind of hits you with the score. But I well, and we really didn't even talk about the creatures at all. Um it, it adds a lot more to those moments when, you know, Nancy and Jonathan are moving around in the old woman's basement and, you know, just those, those moments. And, and at the, at the star court at the, at the very last episode, you know, when the battle is coming. So what did, did you guys want to talk about the creatures at all? We didn't really hit on them. Well, mainly the mind flare. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, they're not even, I mean, to me, they're just the mechanism that keeps the story going. That everything else, to me, is 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 the story. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, they have to have the you know the antagonist, which is the mind flayer and all those creatures. But uh, the only thing I'd like to I would think about talking about is just how much they up the level of gore in this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, they they really did. Yeah, it's it was. I mean, I'm not. I'm you know it would it didn't bug me. And I wasn't shocked, but it was just, it was surprising how much gore there was in this compared to either one of the other seasons. Yeah, I I have to say, I loved the the character design, or the creature design, I guess I should say, for the Mind Flayer. Um, because to me, it was like you took a lot of very iconic things from the 80s, like... You know, the, the teeth are indicative of like xenomorphs, it, which we've seen yeah. with the Demogorgons we you see that the kind of you know goo with blood and viscera and bones and stuff in it which could be a little bit john carpenter's the thing which they they reference in the movie or reference in the show but also to me 
I, I kept thinking about Creepshow 2 and the the raft story and how that kind of looked like the the goo that's in the middle of the water, like the black slime. Oh, that's stuff. true. I, I didn't was, think about that. Yeah, I just I kept thinking about because you and if you read the Stephen King story, if I remember correctly, like it talks about there there being, you know, bones and stuff in it. And you can kind of see that in the movie as well. So, um, yeah, I thought they they did a good job of almost just taking all of the. Not all of the iconic movie monsters, but a lot of iconic movie monsters from the eighties and just mm-hmm. sort of saying, let's let's mash them together and make this mind flayer creature. Yeah, it was interesting for somebody that I'll I'll take your word for all the creep show stuff because I, <laughs> I haven't watched any of that. <laughs> but there was it seemed to be less jump scares or less um uh I don't know. in like season one I felt like there was more left to your mind until they finally revealed the creature, you know? Mm-hmm. And then this time they're just all about making it disgusting, <laughs> making it, <laughs> you know, as, as scary as they, as you want it to be, which obviously takes a little bit away from that. But somebody who doesn't watch horror movies, it didn't bother me too much. They're not like chopping people's heads off or something. It's just more or less people, you know, disintegrating into the goop and then, you know, forming up and then all of the little tentacles and stuff on the mind flayer that come out. And, uh, oh, my, the scene, the, the, the battle at the end where they're throwing the fireworks yeah. mm-hmm. was great. I yeah. mean, just visually appealing. And I was waiting for that to go down. I'm like, when are they going to throw that first, whatever it was, Satan, something that, that Lucas found? Um, that, w- that whole scene was just great you know, keeping him occupied until they could, you know, shut the, shut the gate and, and take it out. But it seemed to be, well, and I, I get that there was pieces of it that kind of came off and it was all a part of one big thing, but just thinking about season two and at the end when the mind flare looks in on the snowball, it's, it seemed to be a lot bigger um, than they portrayed it in this one. And maybe that's just me that it, you're kind of cramped in that star court, but it is a tall, you know, that whole atrium there in the star court was, was huge. Uh, and it kind of climbing on the roof and stuff, but I, I kind of assumed it was bigger than a building, you know, from season two, but it didn't, not that it bothered me enough that I didn't like it or anything, you know? Well, I, I took it as it was bigger in the upside down. It, it was bigger because the, the, the snowball that you see there is kind of the, the upside down version right. of the school. So I, oh, I assumed that I assumed that it sort of adapted to um, its environment. It, it being the size of a tall building, it, there's not really much the mind player can do in terms of getting people. Well, hence, you know, sort of taking over Billy as well. But, you know, once, once we got to the kind of gory part where it was made of, made of people yeah um you know it was it was a little bit different but yeah i mean i guess if you think about it it, it's sort of it's sort of indicative of the evolution of horror movies throughout the 80s too where you know it Mm -hmm. towards the early 80s it was more about kind of the creepy if you think about you know like i know halloween was kind of late 70s but 
you know, it was more of a kind of creepy vibe, not a lot of jump scares. And then as we got through, you know, like mid eighties, we did yeah, have more it was like all the about slasher, slashers, slasher yeah. films and the remake of the blob, which I think was maybe a little bit later, but zombie movies and, and those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, as, as a horror, as a horror fan, I can appreciate the evolution. <laughs> so uh, kind of transitioning into our next little thing here before we kind of wrap up. And speaking of the thing, how did you like that comparison to New Coke with the the thing remake oh. and how how <laughs> Lucas kind of married them together? Because I haven't, I I'll be the first to admit I haven't watched the thing or or the remake. So can you relate to that at all? I <laughs> I mean he. He's he's wrong. I mean, it's not New Coke. The thing, John Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing is not New Coke. I mean, Howard Hawks' The Thing from Another World is is definitely it's a good film and it's it's indicative of its time and being a being kind of a fifties horror movie. But John Carpenter took it and made it into something uh, that was you know the the bones of the story, but made it his own thing and turned it into something that was very visceral and very gory and. Very scary, something I remember watching late night as a kid and, and you know, being like, this is really cool. But at the same time, this is kind of creepy and scary and gross. And um, So, yeah, he's I, I appreciate the the parallel, but I disagree with it. <laughs> I was going to I've been dying to ask somebody that is a horror fan that can actually relate to the movies and see if Lucas was right or not. But. Yeah, I I like you know they didn't they didn't push it. That was maybe a, a little over the top for a product placement, but it it, it kind of fit too. And then I don't know. It's it seems to be like movies recently have been really going in on the uh, the Back to the Future story and and all this stuff and the way that you know even Steve talked about you know is, try, is he trying to bang his mom and. <laughs> Putting, putting all that into play, you know, I was like, that was a great film to pick, obviously, because it was one of the, I think it might have been the biggest one of 85, but then kind of weaving it into the story a little bit. And then, uh, you know, some of the other product placements, obviously all those stores at the mall, you know, how many people were thirsty for an Orange Julius watching the show. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I think Hop at one time, he's got the, the Burger King bag in his mouth, you know, after they, <laughs> yeah. So the, some of them were a little more obvious than others, but was there any that kind of stuck out to you guys about the, the products that they put in there? I mean, oh. I just wanted to go to Sam Goody. That was the main yeah. thing. I, was, I just yeah. really I was wanted like, to go we, to Sam Goody. <laughs> when are we getting our scene in Sam Goody? I want to see some like, you know, tape players blow up and, you yeah. know, sets flying and <laughs> we never I, got I wanted it. To, I wanted to go to Walden books. Oh yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I spent was... a lot of time in Walden books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did too. Well, they I think they did an awesome job with the just the marketing too. You know, I was victim of going out and trying new Coke. And <laughs> uh I've been scanning little codes at Burger King and on Coke, you know, cans wanting to win stuff and for as as big as the uh, debacle as it was to get the new Coke, when their you know website crashed that first day, yeah, everything else has been I don't know flawless. And seeing all the little like the new Funko Pops and all the other little accessories and toys and stuff that they've 
you know, released around this. They've got who is it? Is it uh is it Baskin Robbins that has the scoops ahoy? You know, flavor yes, yes. mm-hmm. uh, Well, oh and you can gosh. buy them at you can buy them at Target too. I saw oh, them tonight. You? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just feel like it was it was hyped so high with all the marketing and stuff, and it it didn't it didn't overcook it. You know, because uh, I'm still I, I'm 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 ready for new Coke to come back so I can get a six pack in the store. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean. It, if it were a if it were a show that was set in the seventies or the sixties, maybe it would have been heavy handed. But if you were, I mean, the eighties was mm-hmm. the to me the decade of merchandising and marketing. And I mean, how many cartoons from when we were kids were created for the sole purpose yeah. of selling toys? Decade of so, decadence. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was so good. Okay, well let's uh, let's kind of wrap this up. We've been going for a while, but uh, what's your thoughts? Maybe going into season four, possibly another fifth season. Uh, any early predictions or wants? Obviously, we you know just coming back off the the last episode there, we lost Billy, we lost Hop, and we've got Joyce and Mike and L moving away. So. Where where do you want to go from here, uh, Eric? We we'll, we'll have you. First. I have no idea. I, <laughs> I really have no idea where they're going to go. Although I did see a rumor. Was it yesterday? I was reading. I got I fell down a rabbit hole on a website. I was reading stuff, and there was a. I guess they were talking to the Duffers, and there was. They were probably joking, but they said that the fifth season is going to be the kids grown up. Mm-hmm. So like you know a time a time jump. So that the okay. kids, so that the kids are actually adults in the last season. But I don't. I mean, you know, that's speculation. I'm sure they, they may have been joking or whatever. But uh, I have no idea where they're going to go. I mean, and I honestly don't care. I'm, I'll watch no matter where they. I mean, no matter what they do, it doesn't really matter to me. They they tell us that's such a great story, and they do such a good job of it. You know, I, mm-hmm. and I'll nothing really is off the table for me. I don't care what they do. I'll watch it. I'm 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 hooked and. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, what about you, Stacy? Um, you know, I, so so my silly answer is I I want to see uh, Joyce and Elle uh, on a on a journey to Russia to to spring Hopper from the Russian prison, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and fight the Demogorgon. Uh, no, I I. I do want to keep up with uh, with everybody and and what they're doing, and I'll be curious to see how they handle the separation. I'm assuming because of the way the kids are aging, they're going to have to do a little bit of a time jump. Maybe it's not adults, but maybe I, I feel like there kind of has to be because you get into the situation where you know they're they're at the age where they're going to resemble adults more than they are kids yeah. Yeah. very very soon so uh you know i'm assuming some type of time jump um but i was i was talking to uh so my husband and i were talking about um you know how the the D characters and i've just recently gotten back into playing D, so i'm super into everything related to D. um and and i would i will say stranger things is is a lot of the reason that i wanted to get back into D, but you know we started talking about creatures and like what's next and and you know we were thinking well gosh you know we've we've got the demogorgon we've got the mind flayer 
is the next step up something like Tiamat? Like, is it the, you know, the five-headed big bad dragon? Like, is that going to be the next name of, of a, of the creature that they fight this time, which I would love to see. I would absolutely love to see that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll take your word for it on that too, because I'm not into D and D as much as you are, (laughs) but that's, I mean, it sounds cool. And I, I'm kind of with you guys as, far as I think we do need a time jump into their high school years or something. I would be fine with that. And I would be fine with just one more season. I don't know if they're going to do, I mean, they even haven't even announced when they're going to start filming or plan to release season four yet. I did see an interesting fan theory on Reddit. I think it was yesterday that, um, so they're they were clocking when they're releasing the seasons and you know, like the first one was uh I think it was like early 83 and then we got Halloween 84 and then here it is you know summer 85 and next year would be 86 which was Chernobyl and oh they pushed the, yeah they so they they're connecting the dots here of when it was going to be released and how you know they might bring Chernobyl into play. I thought that was like genius to think about that. And maybe that's what the Duffers have in mind. I, I'm I haven't really read too much on if they have like an ending in mind, you know, going in and how they can do that. But it, you know, these seasons are only eight episodes long. So just to think about how much they cram into eight episodes is, is pretty amazing to me. Yeah. And I think they could do it in one more season to, to kind of wrap things up. And even with the kids getting older, I, that's what I'm getting worried about that. It's going to be too far gone. They're going to be too old to buy into it, you know? Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. I would rather they, they just do one more season and, and cap it off. So we don't have to go through that. Uh, maybe in, you know, what would be what three years from now. <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought that was brilliant to think about how they could, they could work in that. And just thinking about what they did in season two with, uh, what was it? Number nine. Yeah. And how there might be some other ones out there and they could bring them all together into one big battle at the end. If they can find each other to end it all and close all the gates everywhere, you know, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm kind of thinking about in as far as once and how they're going to, you know, if there are multiple gates out there and how they can get to those maybe without having to travel in the real world, if there's like portals or, or some way to, to get to the other ones in the upside down world or something. I don't know. It, that's going to be interesting to me. What's kind of bugging me now is what's up with Eleven's powers and thinking about how she turned Billy around. Is this like her new power or something? It's not necessarily, you know, trying to stop the, the, the Demogorgon or the bad guys with her mind. It's, it's, it's using it for good more than, a, than a, like a weapon, you know, I don't know. What do you all think about that and how they, kind of gave her the kryptonite at the end. <laughs> I think, uh, I think she's lost her powers permanently. I think. Okay. See, I, I think she's still got him. I think they're, I think she, 
I think the trauma of losing Hopper and everything that she's been through has finally caught up with her. Um, Now that she's able to process emotions and, um, you know, those kinds of things, I, I feel like that has caused her to, to lose her powers, but, but temporarily, Um, especially if the show is going to continue. Now, if this were, if this were the the final episode and we weren't getting any more stranger things, I would be a little bit more ambiguous, but I, I can't see a world where 11 returns and she doesn't at some point have powers Mm -hmm. and, and you know, she's, She's their mage. She has to, she has to be, (laughs) she has to, she has to have powers to, to be able to be part of, um, to be able to be, Mm -hmm. to play that part uh, in the party. Well, and that's what I'm just thinking too, just the way that they drained her. Like you say, maybe the trauma got to her and it's going to take a lot of time to recharge her battery, so to speak. And, you know, how many other gates are there? How many other Demogorgons are out there? And she can't destroy them all. It's got to be, she's got to have some friends or something. You know, there's got to be some kind of higher, either she either goes higher with her potential and, and what she can do, or she gets some help somewhere to, to kind of end this. So I guess that's where I'm kind of going with that. But I do agree that, you know, the, the trauma of everything can really be, could be the reason why that she's lost it and not, not necessarily um, just, uh, I don't know. Sometimes these feel forced because you, your biggest weapon now is, is helpless. And I don't I, I'm trying to think of an example in a movie or something where, you know, somebody loses their power. Maybe Superman too, where he's in the, you know, he's in the chamber and he can't do anything and people are beating him up in the, local diner something oh, yeah. like that uh it's kind of a trope and I, I i didn't want it to be like that uh that movie trope when the when the hero loses his powers and now he's gotta you know give everybody a hug to save the day or something <laughs> <laughs> anyway i i'm i'm kind of spitballing a little bit here but i see where you're going with that but i'm i hope that she hasn't lost them you know permanently as well yeah well i i think you know and i'm i'm going back to kind of the the fight that the kids have where you know mike's pushing her and pushing her and pushing her and and everybody else is kind of saying listen she's not or i guess mike's the one everybody's pushing her and mike's the one saying listen she's not invulnerable like she she needs to rest and she needs you know he's he's taking up for her I think that was, I think there was a reason for that kind of, (laughs) that kind of little argument. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think part of it was just for us to sort of realize uh, at the end of the season that he was right. She's not invulnerable. She's got, she has limits. Um, I don't think that means she's lost her powers permanently, but I do think it means that she's, her, her body is finally catching up with all of the trauma that she's been through and, and she's, it, it might take her some time uh, to, to get her powers back. Uh, but I think that's the beauty of the show. I think it does a good job of using these sci-fi tropes even uh, mm-hmm. to tell a story about human emotion and trauma and the good and the bad and friendship and, and all of those things to, you know, to, to make it a, 
I mean, we, we were talking about earlier, we, we didn't even talk about the creatures because we were spending so much time talking about how much yeah. we love the characters and the interactions between them. And I think that's the beauty of this show is that it is very much a sci-fi show and, and a supernatural show, but at the same time, they it's do not a good job focus. of, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not the focus. The focus really is, is the characters. Yeah. It's more, more in the background. I agree with that. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, anything you might have thought of along the way we might have missed? Do you want to get out there before we before we leave? And uh, we did pretty good, I think, covering the, the whole season. No, I think, I think so we covered it. Yeah, I think we did. Okay, cool, cool. Well, uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And if you have anything to add, uh, comments, you want to chime in, theories, or you, you think I'm nuts for not being on the hopper bandwagon for season three, <laughs> like some people have been, uh, please let us know. You can find us uh, over there on Twitter. Uh, our TRN account is at TRN social. Stacy, you are at geeky underscore Vixen, correct? That's correct. And Eric, you are Eric underscore Vardaman. Yep. Okay. Um, and we'll put uh, their tags in the show notes so you can find us and, and chat with us a little bit more after you listen to the podcast. So we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much to Stacy and Eric for joining me on this first roundtable review on the Retro Network. And uh, I'm hoping to do some more of these along the way as we get these shows that reach back to our childhoods and, and more of these retro-based shows, period pieces that we seem to be uh, getting a lot of uh, as we <laughs> tap into all that culture, the 80s culture and just pop <laughs> culture back then. I don't know, even, you know, movie remakes and reboots and I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with Ghostbusters. I'm anxious to watch the next season of Glow. I'm, I mean, there's a lot of those out there that are coming that I uh, hope we can get back together on and, and watch. Uh, maybe invite some other guys in too as, as, they, uh, as they see something they enjoy from the uh, retro network nation as i've been calling them so thank you guys for coming on appreciate it enjoyed it yeah absolutely so tune in next time for another roundtable review and uh, don't forget all the other shows that we got for you in the retro network channel feed we've got uh you know our regular trn podcast we've got the trn game night we've been doing with uh situation jukebox another one of those in the bag anxious to hear you guys comments and thoughts on that show and obviously our sequel quest guys they just reviewed spider-man so uh be listening for those shows and uh for stacy and eric this is jason and we will see you again on the retro network podcast channel mm-hmm.